Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Oh, special edition of Hello, World, starting with a story that you just don't want to miss. Call a friend and tell him we're on the air. We're traveling somewhere in America with Greg Patton's Traveling Salvation Show, sharing Jesus Christ from coast to coast and uh, oh, talking about things like this America. Where are we? What is going on? It's called the New America Flood of Evil. And we continue to talk about our 40 years of spiritual warfare and our new book, InvisibleWarOnTheSaints.com. So somebody's hearing that message today while you're listening to Hello World on this Christian radio station of which we are so very, very grateful that they carry this broadcast each day, Monday through Friday. And where would we be unless we thanked you? We thank you for your prayers and uh, the monies that you have sent to Greg Patton Ministries via the cross here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Such a blessing. And just to tell others about the broadcast, you do. And that's why Hello World is so popular wherever it's heard. Thank you to God be the glory, great things that he is doing. So once again, call a friend and tell them this is a special dish of the program. They won't want to miss a minute of it. Okay, right now. Well, I'm going to start out with uh, my former pastor, Dr. James Bachman, and his body has been riddled with cancer, and he was supposed to have passed away a long time ago, but he isn't. He's still surviving, although his bones are full of holes from cancer, and somehow God is keeping him alive. And he's had trouble getting around, so he just makes phone calls to people every day. He has a schedule, and he just talks to them, encourages them, and tells them anonymously, oh now, tells them about Jesus Christ. In the last year, he was able, get this now, to lead 740 people to Jesus Christ that he did not know on the telephone. And some of those stories are just absolutely incredible. And then he's got a new book out there, so helpful, has to do with suicide, suicide prevention, and those that are left behind. A great message, by the way, you can get it at Southwest Radio Church, swrc.com, you can call 1-800-652-1144 and get a copy of that, suicide prevention. God's just led him to write a 170-page book that is just incredible. You need to get a copy. But anyway, that's just one story. Can you believe that? 740 people led to Christ over the telephone. He's in his 80s. What have you done for the Lord recently? What in the world's going on? Special edition of Hello World. You betcha all kinds of things going on and stories that you never hear about. This one just fascinated me, and I mean that sincerely. What we can do, we complain like... Uh, I had no shoes, so I complained until I saw someone who had no feet. The number of things you can do, and God will spur you on if you let the Holy Spirit of God guide you. Good example. Well, I love stories like this because I believe that with God, nothing is impossible. Most of the things that we say we cannot do, we could do if we wanted to. If we put our mind to it, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so is she. Where are you today? Anything standing in your way? Any roadblocks today? You know, the woman behind a very popular yearly Bible reading podcast that recently reached, now get this, the number one spot on Apple Podcasts said she never dreamed that she would reach millions of listeners 
since this thing launched up back in 2019. You know, God is able. Sometimes our flesh gets in the way. Sometimes we get in the way of what God wants to do. But if you'll surrender your life to him, it's an amazing thing that can happen in your anyone's life listening today. This gal said, I, I just couldn't believe it. I was so grateful. Never would have imagined my wildest dreams because my prayer five years ago was that 300 people would listen to me. The words of Tara Leigh Cobble, host of The Bible Recap. Never did I imagine the number one spot in Christian podcast, much less all podcast. Yeah, it's one of those things. When we talk about God, who does exceedingly more than we will ever ask or think or imagine. That verse has to come to my mind, said Tara. Gobble launched the Bible recap back in 2019 with a very small dream. Her dream was to reach 300 listeners. The next morning, she was floored when she opened her email and was seeing 300 messages from people in the United States, well, around the world. She said, I was just blown away. I had no idea. I was so encouraged with the fact that so many people wanted to read the Bible. Since then, her podcast has grown from a one-woman show that was in her apartment to a full team of people. She's also written books and study guides to accompany the show in the past four years. And that podcast, now get this, ladies and gentlemen, has earned over 331 million downloads. I mean, that's just... That's unbelievable to me. It has grown organically. We don't buy advertising. We don't buy billboards, nothing. It's just word of mouth. And we're really thrilled about that. Cabo shared how she was inspired to start the Bible recap because of her own struggles in reading the Bible. I started this project because I'd spent so much of my life trying and failing at reading through the Bible. And the one time that I finally succeeded... It was because a pastor friend who had read through the Bible several times offered to answer my questions along the way as I read the Bible. And she fell more in love with the reading of the Bible every year that she wanted to help others and was hoping they would have the same experience. That was my goal. I just didn't want people to read it. I wanted them to understand it. I wanted them to love it, she said. Oh, this is so good. In typically less than 10 minutes a day, Cobble guides listeners in the podcast through the daily reading in a conversational way. Despite this being her 16th time reading through the whole Bible, she said she still is learning new things every year. Along the way, she learned what to do and what not to do when she reads the Bible. Her number one tip to anyone reading the Word of God is to make God the focus of your reading. Well, yes. Don't look for yourself. Don't look for your to-do list there. Don't look for all the application points in the Word. Just look for God, the character of God, what God loves, what God hates, what motivates God to do what he does. Look for God in the Bible, she said. Cobble also encourages people to read through the plan with family, friends, groups at their church to, to help with understanding and accountability. Her third tip is not to be discouraged by difficult passages in the Word. Embrace uncertainty. There are going to be questions that you ask in Leviticus that aren't answered until Hebrews. 
You can't give up when you don't have the answers. You can't give up when you have frustrations about different things. This is about a relationship. God is not necessarily here to answer all of your questions. He's here to reveal who he is. So hold on to those questions and understand that some of them might never get answered this side of eternity. And some of them might get partially answered even this month. Ultimately, she wants readers to understand that reading the Bible is not about checking off a checklist there, but about seeking a deeper relationship with Almighty God. You're going to do this imperfectly, and that's okay. There are going to be days when you forget to do it, days when you don't want to do it, weeks when you fall behind. That's okay. Pick up, start again tomorrow. It's important that you don't let your perfectionism get in the way of this relationship with God. You know, when you do it imperfectly, pick it up again. Every day you are in God's Word. You're right on time with God. Even if you're 10 days behind schedule, you're always right on time with God. Isn't that something? It's called Bible Recap. Yeah. This gal, 330 million listeners. Just unbelievable. They said it. Great thoughts any day of the year. The key to success in life is not seeking position or power or wealth, but rather seeking the Lord. Charles Stanley. Desire only God, and your heart will be satisfied. C.H. Spurgeon said, When I was coming to Christ, I thought I was doing it all myself, and though I sought the Lord earnestly, I had no idea the Lord was seeking me. The thought struck me. How did you come to be a Christian? I sought the Lord, but how did you seek the Lord? The truth flashed across my mind in a moment. I should not have sought Him unless there had come some previous influence in my mind to make me seek Him. You didn't do it. God did. He who begins by seeking God within himself may end by confusing himself with God. You don't do it, my friend. It is all. Everything is Almighty God. I don't know. I think I would be saying enough is enough. A Waukesha man. This is from Racine County, Wisconsin. He's 47 years old, arrested Friday, accused of his eighth, count him now, eight operating a vehicle while intoxicated offenses. Eight. The Racine County Sheriff's Officer said Kevin Tarbo was pulled over after deputy paced him at driving 100 miles an hour in his Jeep on Interstate 94. An investigation revealed that Tarbo's driver's license was revoked and he had seven prior OWI convictions starting back in 1994. The latest was back in 2015. Tarbo was also on probation for his latest OWI conviction. However, he was not compliant with the terms of his probation and had a felony warrant out through Wisconsin's Community Correction Center. It's hard to comprehend that someone with seven prior OWIs was not incarcerated and able to earn his eighth OWI Friday night. Although he was traveling over 100 miles an hour in a construction zone on a slick road, while intoxicated, we are all breathing a big sigh of relief that he didn't seriously injure or kill innocent people. My, oh my. And President George Washington, he did not use uh, his right to free speech to defeat the British. He shot them with guns. Defend 
the Second Amendment. And let's be honest, the problem is not guns. It's hearts without God, and homes without discipline, schools without prayer, and courts without justice. Okay, where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Just thinking today, we have done thousands of these radio programs in the last several years. Yes, we have. God has blessed. I enjoy telling you what's happening in the world today, certainly giving you my opinion, and being able to share the good news of Jesus Christ and various portions of Scripture as we broadcast Hello World over the Internet. Coming out of WHCB in Tri-City, Tennessee, thank you so very, very much for allowing us into your home, car, wherever, every day at this time. Tell others about the broadcast. Join me, like us, and friend us on Facebook, Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. And those of you in Tri-City, we're going to see you before long, getting into the new year, and uh, it'll be time for the Spring share at the end of February, first part of March there at WHCB. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for all you've done for us this past year. Church. Oh, it's so 2023. How to do church in 2024? You know, final words are important words. Do you recall? It hadn't been that long ago. The last words of President George H.W. Bush said to his son, I love you. Last words. They're important, aren't they? First Corinthians was written by missionary church planner Paul of Tarsus about 30 years after the resurrection of Jesus. It was addressed to a group of new Christians in the Greek city of Corinth. That was about, uh, what, three or four years after the planting of the church. All of the believers were new in Jesus Christ. Yeah, they were babes. Most importantly, they lived in one of the most thoroughly pagan cities in the ancient world. And as it is with any believer who tries to take seriously the call of Christ in a non-Christian world, and we're certainly seeing that a lot today, these people really struggled. They had questions, and they were sometimes confused. I often asked, who is the author of confusion? Well, these Corinthians were confused. They frequently made mistakes, do you? And sometimes, ooh, they made some whoppers. This letter covers two main subjects. First, Paul speaks to two problems that he'd been told about by the couriers of the letter. In verses 1, 2, and 3 of 1 Corinthians 16, we hear about church fights. How's your church doing that? Boy, in my early days, we had a number of them and a number of church splits as well. And secondly here, it was tolerance of immorality in the fellowship, verses 5 and 6. And, of course, then the rest of the book addresses a series of questions that the Corinthians had asked Paul about. Behind the questions was a common piece of confusion or distortion. Some in Corinth apparently had developed the idea that true spirituality was a matter of special visions or some spiritual insights that placed the recipients above the normal concerns of life. Oh, yeah. Some Christians seem to claim that their spiritual gifts of speaking in different languages excuse them from listening and learning God's truth or behaving according to normal standards of Christian conduct. Almost all of 1 Corinthians can be best understood against the background of this total confusion. 
Paul attempts to ground their faith, and we need to think about this today, not in those experiences, that excitement, oh, how super is that? No, they need to be grounded in the truth of the gospel. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free, and the call of holy living and being a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how's Paul going to do this? What are Paul's final words? Tucked away in the middle of the final chapter here, 1 Corinthians 16, are two verses we should look at. We will call them the uh, how to do church from this day forward. Let's uh, do more in 24. They seem to be pretty simple, pretty clear. Five basic points. They're easy. Paul lays out the principles of these things to the believers, what they needed to hear, what they really needed to heed in life, and to remember that if they wanted their future faith and church life to be what both they and God wanted them to be, they had to do these things. And here they are. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, 14. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. And do everything in love. Now, there's five commands here. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to break these things down. The first four commands go together, and the last one's all alone. Together, they describe what might be called really the two sides of Christian fellowship or life in the church today, both very important. If you've read anything by Gary Smalley and John Trent, they will call these things the two sides of love in their work in marriage and family. We're talking about the church here. On the one hand, you have the tough side, and on the other side, you have the big T called tender, the tender side. A healthy, happy church life requires that we be both tough-minded, that we think clearly and believe soundly, and be tender-hearted, that we extend compassion, forgiveness, and a self-denying Jesus-style love. Imagine the horrible state of affairs, and we reverse that, and the church becomes weak-minded and tough-hearted. I don't even want to talk about that. When we're weak on convictions and hard on one another, let's consider this important balance that is needed to do the church today. This balance was needed at the church there in Corinth, and uh, yeah, you need it in your church today. We certainly do. We've got to be tough-minded in our faith. The first four challenges of the text are all military terms. Sure they are. First century readers would have recognized them as such, and they're also present imperatives in the grammar. Imperative, meaning a command, intended to be a continuing habit pattern, a good habit, not just something that's done once, then you forget all about it. Now, there's four tough-minded commands here. First of the four, be on guard. Watch out. Picture a military sentry posted at the outskirts of the camp. I remember watching many old Western movies with Dad. Oh, I loved them. And the good guys make it to camp for the night, and the fire started. And the first thing they do after that is decide who is going to stand guard tonight. They take turns watching so the others can sleep in safety. This term is used nearly two dozen times in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 24. It's often, by the way, in reference to anticipating Jesus' return and the judgment to come. Listen to Jesus. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know what day the Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known what time the, of the night the thief was coming, well, he'd have kept watch and would have not let his house get broken into. 
So you also need to be ready because the Son of Man is going to come at an hour when you don't expect Him. That's Matthew 42, 43, 44. Paul's call to spiritual alertness. That's what we have here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 through 6. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they're not going to escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. So why must we stand guard? For the same reason that a military camp posts those sentries out there, there are enemies out there to watch for. And make no mistake about it, there are spiritual enemies that every Christian and every church has to be alert to today. For centuries, Christian thinkers have termed them the world, the flesh, the devil, the three big enemies. When you find a church or a believer wounded, when you find one hurting today, it's always one of these three, the world, the flesh, the devil, and the same enemies have broken through and maybe are holding you captive today. Stand guard, stay awake, an unbelieving world that neither knows nor cares nor knows the ways of God is waiting in the shadows. Satan, the enemy of our souls, he's standing there ready, if not him, one of his demons. Our flesh, our humanness, our old habit patterns, our old predispositions to sin, and disobedience, that's ready to take over at a moment's notice. Command one for a tough-minded faith and do the first thing here. Be on guard. And here's where we are today. All the confusion in the world, and you hear the news every day, and it seems to be getting worse. I don't know where we are here, but it is a mess, my friend. And here's the key. The more you get away from God, the farther away He is, you take the walk, you turn and walk, it gets worse, my friend. Wasn't so bad in the starting of America, right? Founded on the principles of the Word of God? Absolutely. Presidents that acknowledge God consistently? Where are we this year and next? We are in a mess, and we've done it to ourselves. So get close to God, and things will change for you. You're not always going to look like the winner in the eyes of the world, but you will be a winner in the eyes of Almighty God. That is a key today. So what we have here is doing church in 2024. So did you did you make any? A New Year's resolution is something that goes in one year and out the other. And then my New Year's resolution is to stop listening to people, hanging out with them, those who ask me about my New Year's resolutions. One guy says his is to stop checking his email at 3 o'clock in the morning. 4.30 is much more practical. Gee, do you think we waste a lot of time? We do, my friend. Past programs of Hello World last year, two, three years ago, whcbradio.org. Follow the links there. Pretty simple. Or gregpatton.com. Don't forget our book, invisiblewarthesaints.com. That's where you go. Just type it in, invisiblewarthesaints.com. Get your copies today. A reminder, once again, soon, coming to Fort Wayne, Indiana, seminars on spiritual warfare. Dr. Ken Compley and I, combining for 80 years 
Is that possible? 80 years working in spiritual warfare. Going to do seminars here in the Summit City, so we look forward to that opportunity. Pray wherever you are in America. You can come and be a part of that. Going to be coming up real soon. Again, we're thankful to you for joining us on Facebook. Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. More of you every day. Hundreds and hundreds. Love it. Thank you for all the goodies you send me as well via Facebook. I continue to tell you I have a uh, love-hate relationship with that thing, but uh, it connects so many of us and until something better comes, I mean, really good comes along, we're stuck with it. That's it. I've had my say for another day. Until tomorrow, right here, same time, same place, I trust today you are going to have a wonderful day. God bless. <laughs>